Family, listeners, haters, welcome to the Sons of Saturday Rewind. University of Virginia at Virginia Tech 2017. We got bonus basketball on that night. Pat, we just watched it together. Describe how you're feeling in one word. Exhausted. Exhausted and uplifted. That is just an unbelievable basketball game. Win aside, emotions aside, that is a hard-fought, balls-to-the-wall, incredible basketball game. Taking you back, let's go back. We just put out, by the way, if you haven't seen yet, we did put out a Dalton Keene interview with a little bit of Cruton notes. Uh, we put that out yesterday. Today, we're just going straight back to 2017. So we're hopping in the time machine. All right, we're back in 2017. Let's set the table here. Pat, February 12th. 2017. If you're not in the building, it's on ESPNU. Being called by our man Anish Sharaf, not great, and Corey Alexander, a UVA grad. They were both on the call. The Hokies were coming in at 17 and 7 and 5 and 6 in the ACC, and the ranked 12th in the country, 18 and 6 and 8 and 3 in the ACC, University of Virginia Cavaliers came into Castle. We were ranked 12th in the ACC. To be fair, the ACC was extremely competitive this year. It's where I think we had four teams, four or six teams in the top two or three seeds in the tournament that year. And we, just a little tidbit, had won the last three overtime games versus Virginia. Pat, Hokie history. Talk to me about some Hokie history here. So we could pretty much call this game the Seth Allen game. Honestly, 2017 in itself, the Hokies' first time back to the dance since uh, since the 90s, 96. It had been a long time. And uh, we, ca- we can call this the Seth Allen game. We can call this the Seth Allen hot streak. But uh, we had just lost the first meeting in JPJ, 71 to 48. We got our doors blown Jeez. off. 11 days prior and had been held to three offensive rebounds that entire evening. We shot 36% from the floor. It was just miserable. Came into the game shooting 38% from three and Seth Allen had been shooting pretty hot the last couple games, uh, 47% uh, from three. But we had lost three of the last four, including uh, against Carolina, who's ranked in the top 10 and then UVA and then uh, Miami as well. Lone uh, impressive win on the season to this point was that New Year's Eve blowout of Duke. Do you guys remember that in Castle? It was like a noon game, and we beat Duke by double digits. Uh, Incredible win. But uh, the last two games had 29 turnovers against Miami and UVA. Not great. And then uh, really just trying to build our resume and try to make the tournament for the first time in over a decade. So it had been a long time. But, Bill, who, who was starting for the Hokies and Who's? So this is where nostalgia and just throwback really kicked in here. So many personalities and people that are near and dear to all of our hearts and quite honestly near and dear to college basketball in general. You saw a lot of young UVA players who went on to win the national championship. You saw some Virginia Tech players who transferred, some Virginia Tech players that were staples that were on the bench in street clothes. Um, As far as the starting lineup goes, you had five he was rocking the buzz cut. Straight up, I'm sorry, the first thought that came to my, came to my head was that he looked like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Just 
old, young little Justin Robinson. He was starting. You had Justin Bibbs out there as well. Ahmed Hill was looking more like Jamie Foxx than he did ASAP Rocky. Um, who else did we have out there? Chris Clark. This was pre-pigtail. Uh, pre-pigtail Chris, uh, Chris Clark. And Kadeem C. Hotty toddy. Scored the first points of the game. Kadeem C. was in there. Um, and then a couple notable uh, bench stuff you had going on. Zach Lede and Seth Allen were a great one-two punch that came in off the bench. Not your typical bench. Uh, Ty Outlaw as well. And then you had Devin Wilson was on the bench as well. Great hair. Uh, and also you had Kadeem Blackshear, or Kareem Blackshear. Carrie Blackshear. You're right. Carrie Blackshear on the Junior. bench. Junior. Junior. Uh, he was rocking some street clothes. Zach Lede's younger brother was rocking some street clothes. Seth Lede. Seth Lede. Um, so a lot of, a lot of personalities Donlin. out there. Donlin, my man Matt Galloway. We sat together for the UNC game. I mean, we got personalities out the wazoo here. Speaking of wazoo, let's go to Wahoo. You got London Parentes over there. That guy's just couldn't stand that guy. You got Isaiah Wilkins. You got Devin Hall. Marielle Shayok. He's Canadian. Shout out to our friend in the 66666. And we got Jack Salt from New Zealand rocking an international roster. So those are the lineups. And without further ado, let's get right into our categories here. First impressions. The first thing that came to my head, seeing five start, was I remember how much kids um, around the school had this like growing, it wasn't a frustration, but it was more so of a question mark of like, why is J-Rob taking minutes away from Seth? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Who's this guy with, with, uh, with the buzz cut? Just so happens that that goes on to be the best point guard in Virginia Tech history. So history worked out for, uh, for five, and he actually had a great game this night. Um, another thing that stuck out was how much of an underrated a passer Zach Lede was. He had great court vision. Uh, ran a little weird, was a little herky-jerky, but played bigger than he was and had an awesome vision. He had a great dump-off, uh, missed layup to Chris Clark early and a couple other great passes. And sophomore man-bun Kyle Guy was just obliterating us with his man-bun in all of its glory. And I got to tell you, I'm just going to be completely honest with you, I didn't hate most of the young players on that UVA team. I have a lot of respect for their head coach, uh, but sophomore man, sophomore man bun Kyle guy looking like a 15-year-old out there was just killing us. Pat, what stuck out to you here? Yeah, uh, you mentioned Justin Robinson. I think um, as Justin was a sophomore, he was a contributor, and he was learning from these older veteran guys like uh, Seth Allen. And then once he became a junior and a senior, that's when he really became a leader, but he had uh, a couple of years to figure things out. As far as uh, what I what jumped off, jumped off the page at me here we were talking about uh in our last rewatchable uh, how tyrod taylor was just dripping with swag <laughs> seth allen takes the baton from tyrod <laughs> seth allen who's dripping swag man this guy is just he's got to figure it figured out uh he hit three clutch for three uh three pointers in a row down the stretch in the first half but he wasn't the only guy making it rain. London Perantes was handing out umbrellas at the entrance before he got into this game because he was raining down threes as well. Uh, he had double. He had uh, over 20 points in this game. And then also TV Teddy, Teddy uh. Valentine, shaking my head, SMH emoji. TV this- Teddy was uh, one of the zebras on this game. 
Gotta say though, it wasn't your typical TV Teddy game. A thing that stuck out is they let the kids play most of the game, which I which I was a huge fan of, and we'll actually get into that uh, more specifically coming to double overtime. So as we're in the spaceship heading back to 2017, let's look out the window and see what's going on. Tiger Woods, not melting down for this game. A little bit of a change of pace here. We have some other stuff going on. Gino Oriema's win streak was at 99. Uh, an incredible coach. The win streak actually continued, surpassed 100, and netted at 111 when they lost to Mississippi State in the Final Four, if you all remember that. Unfortunate news, Fab Mello died the day before this game. I remember he was the first-round pick for the Celtics back in the day. Uh, he passed away the Saturday before this game. Donovan Mitchell was rocking the Louisville jersey, and Louisville was not under the, a rock of uh, restrictions and violations. Rick Pitino was in the process of doing his best Hugh Freeze impersonation down in Louisville. So no restrictions there. Um, and, oh, it hurts! It hurts! They showed halftime highlights of Wisconsin Mentioned how Wisconsin wasn't mentioned as one of the top 16 teams by the NCAA. And then Wisconsin ripped our beating heart out of our chest cavity in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament later that year. So that's just some stuff going on on the outside. But we went ahead and we, uh, instead of having the intoxicating nostalgia here, instead of going what aged well, what aged poorly, we're just going to give you what aged and then give you a little side commentary of what we're thinking here. So Throwback Thursday. Pat, what do you got for Throwback Thursday? Uh, so what was different here? Well, there was no logos on the side of the court. You know, now we have the uh, the pylons. We got mm-hmm. uh, Burris Hall uh, at Virginia Tech. We got Torg Bridge. Fan? On... Not a fan? I love it. I'm a big fan. I love fan. it. I think okay. it looks good on, on Castle's court. Also, the lighting was different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely have more advanced lighting in today's day and age. Uh, they did have a Drive for 25 uh, big old sticker on the court. I uh, thought that was cool. Another thing, seeing all of my friends on TV at this game. You know, every single time they panned in the crowd, I was like, "Hey, Bill, there's uh, there's this guy. Hey, Bill, there's that guy." Uh, so that was pretty funny. Uh, pretty. Upsetting. Pat has a lot of friends. Pretty upsetting <laughs> that uh, that I had to relive it like that. Just feeling old. Chris Clark with ba- the baseball pass. He would. He would. Uh, be on his own side of the court after collecting a rebound and he would just do these like football or baseball passes down down the court and they were always like pretty accurate i remember before <laughs> football season we were deciding who would be quarterback we're like we got to put chris clark uh in <laughs> training camp as well buzz williams no hair on his head no facial hair no hair on his head uh looked like a cue ball and he was also what was what else was he doing he had on, as always, a fantastic maroon blazer with a little orange accent. It was fantastic. And I got to tell you, look, I had a distaste in my mouth. I had a poor taste in my mouth when he left. But I'm just going to shoot you straight. Love Mike Young. Fired up for Mike Young. Mike Young's going to do great stuff here. But a huge part of me misses the excitement surrounding Buzz Williams himself and Buzz Williams, the basketball program. So, little little, little, little rough spot, but hey, we all understand Buzz Williams is a shooting star. He came, he left, great memories, on to the next. So, shout out to Buzz Williams, shout out to Buzz Williams, incredible tailor, and, and uh, wherever he buys his suits. What the, uh, stood out for me here on Throwback Thursday, Beamer Sombrero. Um, I love the Beamer Sombrero cutouts. Uh, Castle Guard always does a great job with the cutouts. Um, 
Kyle Guy, again, we're talking about him here again, the horrible man bun. Uh, I'm a Kyle Guy fan, don't like the man bun. And for all you guys that don't like Kyle Guy, the greatest comparison I can make to Kyle Guy is if Grayson Allen was like the devil sitting on your left shoulder, then Kyle Guy would be the angel sitting on the other shoulder. Just a nice guy, you know? He's married, he goes out, doesn't talk a lot of trash, does his thing, whatever. You yeah, might so, take some heat from that, Bill, but uh, I'm just going to say that. That's fine. If you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. It is what it is. Seth Allen ripping balls away from guys who turned it over. He went over to Shayok and he said, give me that ball. That's our ball. He's ripping, but he made it a thing that he did all the time. Whenever somebody would turn it over and they're arguing with the refs, he would go over and rip the ball out of their hands and get the possession started. So that was a nice little throwback and... The last one I have here is the ESPNU college logos where it does the little turn around and then like it'll bark (laughs) at you or it'll have a tail or do something cool. They may still do that. I don't know. But I was just like, hey, I like that. So good creativity there. uh, Good creativity there, um, ESPN. And then we move right along to commendable commentary here. I'm just going to shoot you straight. I didn't love this commentary group. They, uh, I think they put the, 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 X team on this game here for Rivalry Week, which was a little bit upsetting. Yeah, but after um, all, it was it was ESPNU after all. It was ESPNU. Uh, so good job on the graphics. Not great on the call. Uh, but some of the good calls we had, I, I gave them a little bit of credit. Uh, we came in with the da 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 whatever whatever, and they said Castle is rocking on a Sunday night, and it was rocking. Some of the pan shots of the student section, the corners were full. It Maroon was great. Effect. Maroon Maroon effect. effect. Shout out Alex Jones. Absolutely. It was fantastic. Um, We had this guy on at halftime. uh, And at first I'm like, who is this Costco brand Joe Joe Lenardi joker? Dino Gaudio? Guaudo? This guy's actually awesome. He gets up there and he tells us, hey, we're on the bubble, but here's why you're on the bubble. Here's our BPI. Here's this. Here's that. He gave a lot of great insight. So shout out to Dino G. Big fan. Um... Another just stupid comment from uh, Matt Schick, who is just one of the goofballs that are over at ESPN. They're cutting over after halftime is over to go to the second half, and he goes, Kyle Guy with a tenth of the way to 100 points, which is just an idiotic way of saying that he had 10 points. And he goes, only miss is his haircut. I mean, Matt Schick, you're just an L5 weenie. Please shut up, idiot, and kick it back to the basketball game, please. And... Another guy I can't stand on ESPN is Crick No Neck Cotter. And of course, they threw him on ACC Network, so I got to deal with him all the time. I know this is the rewatchables, but here we're talking about the unwatchables. And you know what? You could throw Seth Greeny Greenberg in there as well on Get Up, because that show is just horror awful. <laughs> you mean Mike Greenberg? Mike Greenberg, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we're talking unwatchables here on ESPN. Um, and then Corey Alexander had some nice insight. He said that he played tech once. He was a UVA grad uh, who played basketball at UVA and said when he was playing that they used to play one time a year, they play Virginia Tech, and it used to be at the Richmond or Roanoke Coliseum. And the first meeting ever between these two teams was 1914. I didn't even know that basketball existed in 1914. So there's some uh, interesting insight there from Corey Alexander. Anything to get the microphone out of uh, Mr. Schick's hand. So a lot of our commentary is going to be about haircuts. You know, a lot of different haircuts in uh, in 2017 yes. as opposed to the 2020 versions of a lot of the, of these folks here. But uh, lots of man bun commentary early in the first half from uh, 
from this ESPN staff, which was it was all right. And, you know, leave leave Kyle Guy alone, but also Kyle Guy deserves kind of you know de- deserves some of the uh, <laughs> the critiques on his uh, hair in a bun of the man variety. In addition to that, uh, I liked this call. I think it was Corey Alexander late in the game. Seth Allen and London Perantis are going blow for blow, and he's like Seth and London. They're like the Mariano Rivera's to their specific teams. You want them with the ball in their hands as the game winds down? Well, guess what, London Perantes? This game can only have one Sandman. Ooh, I see what you did there. I didn't even see that in the uh, Notorinos. Nice callback there, Pat. Fantastic. Uh, we'll go right into game notes before we go into what are you doing? We'll get into what are you doing a little bit later. But just to summarize some of the stuff that's said out of the game here is UVA went small for a huge portion of this game, which I thought was interesting. You saw some of the guys from, you know, the teams of, uh, of, of years after, the Jack Salts, the Diakites. Diakite was out there rocking the no-bleached hair, and he was out there being all uncoordinated and whatnot. But it didn't seem like they trusted their bigs a lot, um, so they went small for the majority of the game. There was a lot of guard ball going on, so that was different. The first half was just super high energy, for the most part, uh, the one thing that kind of sucked in the first half uh, is it was 25-23, to 23, Virginia with a two-point lead with 340 left in the first. Seth dribbles the ball off his leg to UVA. We're missing layups. We're turning the ball over. Kadeem C was no bueno going with the uh, C, no bueno thing here. Uh, and then we go in the half down 37-23. to 23. So you can uh, you know lump that into the what are we doing section. UVA really kind of took control of the basketball game. And then disaster strikes around the 10-minute mark here in the second half. Chris Clark comes down weird in his left knee, and people may forget this, but he tore his ACL on that play, and he was done for the rest of the season. Uh, Chris Clark was having a huge game. He had seven rebounds, um, was all over the court, making his one-handed passes and such. And um, he wasn't the only key player that we lost in, uh, in regulation there, was he, Pat? Zach Lede. First of all, Zach Lede had a rough first half as well. Him and Med Hill both uh, kind of had a rough go at some points in this game. But then Zach Lede came uh, steaming back, had the first eight points of the second half for Tech. And then all of a sudden, uh, he, he picked up two in the first half, but fouls out with 122 left in regulation. So we got no Zach Lede. We got no Chris Clark with a torn ACL. What are we going to do, Jay? And Lede, if you see him walking off the court. He was hurt. He was, in, he was in what, Jay? He was in complete devastation station. He was very upset. He knew the, the, the issue. And, and if you all remember, if, you go, if, if, you're in the, if you're in the time machine here, Zach Lede foul trouble was a commonplace here in 2017 and was, to be honest, quite a real bummer. Uh, in 2017, but we were undersized, and that's just something that we dealt with. So, 122, Lede leaves the court, and then we're down two points with 9.7 seconds left. And freshman Ty Jerome heads to the line for a one and one. Oh. And it, <laughs> right in front of Castle Guard, it is loud. The kids want bacon. I don't even know if we were doing the handout. I don't even think they cared about the bacon. Uh, but Ty Jerome, if he didn't have that goofy, scrangly facial hair, he looked like he was nine years old. He looked horrified. Um, and Ty Jerome was not horrified by the end of his career, but tonight he was. And he misses the front end of the one and one. We get the rebound. We get the rebound. Seth Allen goes down, lays it up, off ding, the ding, side ding, of the rim. Ding, ding. 
Ty Outlaw with the putback. <laughs> Ty Outlaw with the putback. And the one thing that stuck out to me was I saw it and I was like, oh, man, this is basically the Chris Clark layback in against Duke. I don't remember if it was this year or I believe it was the year after. Year uh, out, I think it was the 2018 putback. Yes, because uh, uh, yes had like the missed deep two, mm-hmm. and Clark was Johnny on the spot. Very much a, a callback to there, and then you go into overtime one, which absolutely nothing happened until the nothing. last minute. One for nine uh, until that last minute, and we end up going into double overtime. And this is where Murder Ball just comes into peak fruition. It is absolute carnage bodies everywhere there's blood people are going flying seth allen is is going on a water slide down the down the sideline i it is just completely out of control nobody was blowing any type of whistles and so absolute carnage and double overtime and then a huge play by med hill who had a little bit of a rough game this day was on a little bit of a cold stretch and we were waiting for that signature dunk. It seems like every classic Virginia Tech rewind from the Buzz Williams era, you get a great Ahmed Hill dunk. Never happened on this night, but he did have a key play down the stretch with one minute and 11 seconds left in double overtime, where Ahmed Hill fouls out Isaiah Wilkins and goes to the line to tie it. Didn't miss one of the free throws, but ties the game with 111. And then Pat, the capper, the best. Go ahead. What happens? End of the game. Time running down. And before I talk about this, we also got to hit Justin Bibbs, hit two clutch three-pointers in overtime. Absolutely. Unprecedented. Seth Allen comes down. Ten seconds left. Back and forth. Looking for his move. Pulls up into the paint. Jump stop. Floater. Buries it. Backpedals away. Two seconds left. Perantes misses from deep. Ball game over. You know what? I got to say, and your call was better. I was very disappointed in Anisha's Anisha's call. It was very anticlimactic. I really wish. We looked for it. We couldn't find the Lays call. We typed it in on YouTube. No no Lays archives available. We wish we could have found them, but we couldn't find them. We're going to keep digging, though. We will absolutely keep digging. And Lays, if you're listening and you have them, we would love those archives. So please let us know. Um, and then that brings us right into what are you doing? We mentioned the rough uh, Ahmed Hill game, but he was huge down the stretch here. Some Kadeem C stuff was good. Some of it was good. Valuable minutes. Valuable minutes for no, Kadeem C. No pushback. Points? No pushback there. Completely agree. Some great minutes. But in other times, he looked like a newborn baby calf, and he looked like he had zero control over his body at all. So... That was one thing that really that stuck out there. Um, Seth Allen tried to sell a push uh, a push on a steal attempt, and then Pat Pat's commentary was, "Hold on, you're telling me an athlete like Seth Allen can't keep his balance with 90 feet of uh, of, of, air, of of room? He goes stumbling, bumbling, rumbling down the sideline and just does a complete slip and slide off into the uh, off into the wilderness and off screen." Um, but what are we doing, Seth Allen? Come on, man. Come on. In addition to that, uh, after the game, the castle court storms are always cracking me up. I, I always think it's absolutely hilarious because it's not easy to storm the court at Castle Coliseum because you gotta you gotta jump over that fence. It's like an eight foot drop, <laughs> and you see these people trying to like scale the wall, 
Uh, they're trying to like put one foot down and <laughs> trying to like do reverse Spider-Man. And then you got others who just, you know, full out like belly flop. You got guys doing cannonballs and they're just eating it. They're completely eating it. Uh, we got Karsten sending in pictures from that night. He <laughs> sprained, sprained his ankle. Check out his Twitter feed. He was in a boot for two weeks after that at the sorority formal mountain weekend in a boot. Uh, you know, just trying to have a good night with his girlfriend and had to dress up in this massive boot. I'm sorry, Karsten. But it was worth it. It was worth the blood, worth the sweat, worth the tears. And uh, we, we had our court storm <laughs> assemble. Absolutely. The court storms at, at Castle are always very interesting. We had to get used to winning. And you know what? We'll get better at it. It, it really takes the indivi- the individuals that have no fear and just scale over the edge and you know probably fall on their face uh, are the ones that really kick it off. And you must follow suit. So that's how you really get the storming, the court thing down. And that brings us right into, oh yeah, that guy. Young Diakite. No bleached hair. We already mentioned that. And then we had the dynamic duo of Greg Donlin and Matt Galloway. Two absolute legends. Greg flexing Donlin. Always just chilling, supporting the team from the bench, just flexing the muscles. Love Greg Donlin. And then Matt Galloway. Uh, my buddy Danny came up on the Snapchattery two days ago. Uh, Snapchat memories from the Sweet 16. Danny gets a selfie with Matt Galloway, and caption just says, LMAO, Matt Galloway. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. Throwback. Give us some some LinkedIn cornery. LinkedIn corner was rough. Um, There are a lot of folks that I was looking up and just didn't have profiles. Again, Virginia had a very international team. This is not that much of a a real throwback, so so a lot of people are still playing basketball. Um... But Greg Donlin, sales for a surgical company? Okay, Greg, all right. And then Jared Reuter, some dude that was like on the free throw line for UVA at the end of the bench, had on like this 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 lumberjack look. He looked like what Will Farrell looked like in the Step Brothers, where he dressed up as a lumberjack to go like be married to his therapist. That's exactly what it looked like. Um, and I couldn't find him on LinkedIn, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume that he's he's lumberjacking. So that's that's my guess there. Um, so then, peak this. And here's what I got for peak this. Resiliency. And it's something that I absolutely loved about the culture that Coach Williams established was there were multiple, multiple times where we'd claw our way back to being two down or three down, and then UVA would hit a huge three, we'd turn the ball over, we'd, and then we'd find ourselves down seven, eight, nine, uh, and just never quit, kept clawing. You know, opportunities to kind of hang your head when Zach Ledet fouls out or when Chris Clark gets hurt. And Chris Clark, you see him on the bench icing his knee, clapping, being a great teammate, which I loved. Um, so I really thought that was just peak resiliency and really just kind of watching the culture build in 2017, if you can remember kind of that season in general. Um, that was a ton of fun to watch. Uh, no jacket, sweaty buzz. We talked about how much we loved the, uh, the blazer, but... He engaged no blazer mode with around 14 minutes left in the second uh, in the second period, which was huge. And we mentioned Justin Bibbs. This this might be Justin Bibbs's best game that I've seen. 16 points, six rebounds, three assists, just unbelievable plays. The bank was open. He hit a three from in between the corner and straight dead away off the backboard. The bank was open on Sunday. Uh, he had that incredible and one to tie the game there. Um, we mentioned Murderball, and then Herky Jerky J-Rob, 
This guy, when he was young, was just all over the court, diving for loose balls, cutting off ball. And it seemed like whenever he fell, he was literally breaking every single one of his falls with his face. So this dude was out here just getting after it. And you know what? You got to respect it. Had a great uh, offensive foul call that he was able to force with a little bit of a sell. But we definitely got peak herky-jerk J-Rob. First half, Zach Ledet had some fantastic blocks. Was definitely missing that, especially in 2020. Didn't see too many blocks uh, from the Mike Young uh, campaign, but we're getting them next year. Uh, you know, just to talk about these these blocks by Zach Ledet. You know, when we had Lays on last week, we were talking about Laysisms, and Bill had a great <laughs> one for Zion Debose. Debose debunks. The the jet sweep. Well, <laughs> le day, le blocks, le layup. <laughs> Lays, I, I don't know if that'd be a thumbs up, but it'd be a thumbs something. So, <laughs> shout out to Zach Leday. Some of the stuff that I uh, that I picked up post game from the from the stat sheet. We out rebounded UVA when we only had three offensive rebounds the entire game uh, against UVA in the first uh, in the first meeting where we got throttled. Uh, and we also had only eight players log minutes, just to give you an idea of how short our bench was back in 2017. And this is with a, play, a player fouling out and a player leaving the rest of the game due to injury in the first, in the first, and in regulation. So, to give you an idea of just how short that bench is, eight players playing that entire basketball game. So that's something that really stuck out. Yeah, this was before having you know more depth like last year's squad. You know, this was before getting Nikhil. This was before Beatty. This was before Kerry Blackshear. Uh, so, really, we did a lot with a little, and a lot of it is credited to uh, the incredible minutes we got from uh, Lede and Allen. Seth Allen, by the way, led Virginia Tech that night. He had twenty points, and he was on fire that entire year. He, I think, he shot. Uh, from the field, he was a 53% shooter uh, his senior year, which was just absolutely incredible. Absolutely. Bill, what, was, what were some of your favorite plays and sequences from this marathon of a contest? I love the Ahmed Hill floater. We had a huge Ahmed Hill floater in this game. The Justin Bibbs break, an impossible and one. He's high-fiving fans, just being a f- complete cool customer. So we'll give him the pass on the missed free throw uh, after the incredible and one. But a 10 out of 10 on the uh, on the great and one. What about you, Pat? What were your uh, favorite plays or sequences? Uh, we got to give credit to that uh, incredible missed layup by London Perantes <laughs> sitting on the rim in overtime. Defying gravity. It's, it's a tie game. The ball gets stuck on the rim. And we get the possession arrow, so that was absolutely incredible. And then finishing it off, Seth Allen, jump stop, gas, game, court storm, injuries. Inject. <laughs> Player of the game, Seth Allen, double stamp. Detri- just, quadruple stamp. And, and Justin what, Bibbs, a close second. Can we just say, too, if you haven't watched this, if you watch the game and turn it off after the court storm, you're missing something. Seth Allen gave a fantastic interview uh, at the end of this game. Definitely check that out. Just a, just an OKG player grit uh, team first interview it was fantastic. Um, and also just just an emotional moment for him. It was a huge win for the program. He came in from Maryland uh, and kind of really was a huge reason for the turnaround. Him and Zach Lede. So to get that win, 
down at the end of their uh, at the end of their uh, careers was just incredible. We added a new segment to this um, just because he's such a prevalent person in Virginia Tech history, and the the segment is just a one word answer, and, and it's was Bruce Garns on the telecast. The answer is yes for last week, and the answer was yes for this week. Bruce Garns, the governor of Blacksburg, was on the telecast. So, shout out to Bruce Barnes and. As we come to a to a close here, Pat, how did we uh, how did we close out this season? So after this heroic victory against UVA, we went on to beat Pitt, lost to Louisville, uh, won a one point game against Clemson. Game winner Seth Allen again. Beat Boston College on the road. Beat Miami at home. Lost to Wake Forest on Senior Day. I was there. Oh man, that Brutal. was tough because. After that loss, we were we weren't sweating it, but we weren't happy. But then we got them back in the ACC tournament. Yes, uh, I was at Jack Flat in Key West watching with the Hokies. I was there. Sorry. I was there. I was in Brooklyn. Bill was in the Barclays Center, and then the next day, uh, take a tough L to Florida State. I was there again, which was tough. But then, Hokies are dancing, baby. Throw up the banners. What we a get moment. the nine seed. Buzz uh, gets pizza for everyone at Castle. We're celebrating. Hokies are in the tournament for the first time in over a decade. And uh, from there, you know, we we had to go up against Wisconsin. And Nigel Hayes made every single free throw that game. And uh, that one dude was making every three that game. And that was about it. I remember Nigel Hayes to the line shooting a one-on-one. Nigel Hayes is like a career like 40% free throw shooter. And this dude went to the line like 50 times and <laughs> shot like 80%. So that was rough. But ultimately a uh, historic season, especially after losing Clark like that. Especially after losing Clark. Yeah, you lose Clark for the rest of the year. And also another kind of underlying crazy thing here is is Ty Outlaw tears his ACL in the off season. I believe it was doing box jumps. So we lost Ty Outlaw also to a, to a torn ACL which is just another tidbit of hokey history there for you as well. But what, what, what really stuck out to me is obviously the 2018 team, special place in my heart, the best team in Virginia Tech basketball history without a question, in my opinion. That doesn't even make any you sense. You mean 2018, 2019? Yes, the 2018, 2019 team was the best team in Virginia Tech basketball history um, and just, just a wonder to watch. But it was really cool to A, see Seth and Zach, who really set the tone for this team, uh, and also be able to see the meaningful minutes that Ahmed and Justin and, and Justin Squared was getting as well. I mean, the, these minutes that they were getting to play were the experience and the reps and the game time that really paid off at the back end of their career. So it was great to see those, uh, those young men just kind of grow and um, go on to do great things in the tournament and continue to make that program great. And we look forward to what is next and... Um, this was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed doing basketball. As you could, t- as you may be able to tell, not a, not a lot of the in-depth uh, commentary you may get with football, but we do have a ton of fun watching uh, watching some hoops. But that just about wraps it up here. Um, two podcasts in less than a day. Uh, right back to regular scheduled programming here. We'll have another podcast for you at the beginning of next week. Super excited about that. We'll put out another poll. Or you know what? I think. Pat, I think we're leaning towards doing the Texas A&M game for the next rewatchable. Um, we'll keep you in the loop for that. Definitely keep the letters for the lunch pail coming. Some great questions for Dalton Keene. If you haven't seen that, haven't heard that episode, make sure you go back. 
Also, we did Bill Roth earlier this week. We got a lot. We got a lot of irons in the fire here, Pat. We got a lot of exciting stuff going on. So, come quarantine and chill with the Suns. We got plenty of room. Just hop on the couch, throw on your headphones, and just listen away. Hope everybody's doing well. Stay out of trouble. Stay out of. Stay in social distancing and take care, everybody. Right.